Sukkah Daf Kaf Aleph. We last started the second parak of Masechet Sukkah. If a person sleeps under a bed in a Sukkah, we said if the bed is ten tefachim off the ground, Hachamim say it's no good, and Rabbi Yehuda say you still get the Chovah Mitzvah Sukkah. And we brought a Mishnah Masechet Aholot in regards of Tumat Ohel Hamet, where a hole that was made by water, creeping animal salt, or just a, a hole under a pile of rocks or beams, Hachamim say it is considered oil emit, and Rabbi Yudas said if it wasn't made by human beings, it's not considered a tent. And with that, we are starting the last line of Kav Amudbet, where it says, My Tamad Rabbi Yuda. Why does Rabbi Yehuda need that a person makes this tent and not if it happened on its own or through some other way? So the Gemara on the top of Kaf Alf Amudalf explains Yalif Ohel Ohel Me Mishkan. He has a Gra Shava Ohel Ohel from the Mishkan. Kitivach over here by Tumat Ohel it says Zota Torah Adam Kiamut Be Ohel. You have the word Ohel. Uktiv Hatam by building the Mishkan it says Vayifros et ha Ohel. That's the word Ala Mishkan. Now, Umar lehalan, the Mishkan was done bide Adam, men did it. Afkan, so same thing by Tumar, has to be done bide Adam. And Virabanan, who argue on Rabbi Yehuda, why don't they learn the Gzra Shava? Because they didn't have the Gzra Shava. They learned it, Ohel, Ohel, Riba. Ohel, the second time, came to add any type of Ohel that was made, even if it wasn't made by men. So the Gemara asks, Does Rabbi Uda really hold any tent that wasn't made in, uh, by human beings is not considered oil? Or mean who? The Gemara is going to bring a Braita about para aduma when making the mixture of the para aduma. Every humrah in the book would be taken just to make sure it, there would be no tumah. So the way they would do it is as follows. There would be neighborhoods in Yerushalayim built on a rock. Now, why rock? They would dig all the way deep until they get to a rock. And this way, you know, there was uh, nobody there before. Nothing was buried over there. So there's no tumah underground. And not only that, they would do another humrah. Under those houses, there would be a an empty space of a tefah. So you'd have the rock. An empty space tefah, they would build the house on like pillars, and then you'd build the floor of the house. Now the idea is, in general, whenever there's a tum'at met, if there's an empty space of a tefah, it would block the tum'ah from continuing. But if there wasn't a, a space of a tefah, then the tum'ah would continue. So this way you have an empty space of tefah, so if there is a tum'ah over there, that tefah would uh, stop it anyways. All this would be just in case there's a dead body underground. We're not sure. Therefore, it would be mahmir. And they'd bring pregnant women, and they would give birth over there. And they would raise their children over there, their boys over there. Lepara, meaning on a level of tahara, they'd be able to do the para aduma. And this way, you guarantee they're not tameh med. Now, yes, they could be tameh tumat nida and yoldot. Yes, there are other tumot. However, the main ones that they were worried about was two things: was tumat met and the tumat that comes out of his body, which is tumat uh, keri. 
So they would keep them there till seven, eight years old. Once they got past that age, then they would uh, bring a different children. Now, either way, they would bring oxen, and on top of the ox was a door. This way, it would also be a blocking of any tum'ah that would ha- that would be underground. So you have the big ox plus the door. And you would have the, the, child, the Kohen child sitting on top of that uh, door. And again, we're doing uh, another humrah for paraduma that all the kilim that were being used were made of stone. And they would bring that all the way down. They got to the Shiloh River. The, uh, these children would go into the water. And they would fill up the, the kelim full of water. And then they went up on the back on the ox and they went, uh, they sat on the door and they came back. And Rabbi Yossi argues, and Omer, He held that they would send that bucket with a rope from the top of that ox with the door all the way down to the river and he would uh, get water that way and then uh, drag it back up to him and again all done with a rope. Why? Just in case there was a unknown tum'ah underground, this way uh, the rope uh, would do the job. Now, and we learned on th- on this situation that Rabbi Uda argues and Omer there were no doors on top of those oxen they would sit on these wide oxen and that was it now the question is as follows we're using these oxen as a blocking of the tum'ah we're using it almost like an oil the oil and this shevarim this the oxen are not made in, by a human being. They're made on their own. Rabbi Uda said they wouldn't use doors. They would only use oxen. Why not? It's not made to be the Adam. That, I, that's your shita, right? So, so Dimi came and said the name of Rabbi Azar. Rabbi Uda agrees in an area that's the size of a fist, now not a regular fist, rather we're talking about a, a fistful of a man named Ben Avtiah. He was a giant. And Rabbi Uda would admit if the open space is huge, then we could count it as a Hatzitzah. And Tanya Miyachi, we have a bright like that. Rabbi Uda admits in caves that have a big hole or uh, holes in a rock that have huge holes, they can block when it comes to Tum'ah. So now the Gemara asks, The door that they used to put on top of the ox, it has a lot of fistful sizes, meaning it's huge. Rabbi Uda says they wouldn't bring doors, they would only bring oxen. Why not? It's huge. The Chorah that should work according to this. So Amar Abaye, no, you didn't understand it correctly. They didn't need to bring doors because those oxen were wide enough. And Rabah Amar, Rabah explains, according to Rabah, they wouldn't need doors altogether. 
if that that child is sitting on that door, he is very confident, he's very relaxed, and that's when he starts doing dumb things. And Sheme, maybe because he's so overconfident and so relaxed, he'll pull out one, you know, his head just to see what's going on under him, or he'll put out his hand or something. And he'll become safek and then we run ourselves into a huge problem. And Tanya Kavate de Rabbah, we have a bright like Rabbah the review does, Osir, to bring that door because that uh, child might be overconfident. Tanya Kavate de Rabbah, Rabbi Uda Omer, Loyum Vivin de la Totko Eka, Rabbi Uda says they wouldn't bring doors on top of the oxen altogether, because the child will be overconfident. And maybe he'll pull out his head or one of his body parts and become Safek Tame. Rather, they just bring these huge oxen from Egypt. Have wide stomachs. And the, these children will sit on top of them. They're holding these cups made of stone. They got to the shiloh. They go down, they fill it up, they get back up, and they sit on top of these oxen. Okay, so let's try something else. What about a bed? It has the space of a lot of uh, fistfuls. And we learned in our Mishnah, We used to sleep under these beds in front of the Zekenim. Now, how could you say such a thing? If it's such a big hole, then there should be a Hatzitzak. It should be considered its own ohel. And it's like an ohel in the sukkah. And the Chorat should be a sort to sleep under these beds. So the Gemara explains, No, beds are different. They're really meant for the top of the bed. They're really not meant for under the bed. And therefore, whatever is under the bed is considered Tashmish Garua, something that's not so strong. And therefore, we can't say that it's going to block a person who sleeps under it. It's as if he's not doing the Mitzvah Sukkah. So the Gemara said, well, okay, Shvarim Nami these oxen are also meant for the, the, the top of their backs. Nothing's under them. So then why should they be considered a Hatzitzah if there's a Tum'at Tehom? So the Gemara explains, no, these oxen are different. Why? Because they protect shepherds, if they want to fall asleep, they fall asleep under these big oxen. When if there's it's too hot, the sun is beaming on them. They go under the cow. Or if it's raining, they go under these cows to protect them from the rain. So according to Rabbi Uda, they're not like a bed, and therefore, since it's very common for them to be used as uh, as a shield, uh, as protection, as an ohel, therefore these oxen are considered ohel, and the bed under the bed is not. So that leads the Gemara to ask, if that's the case, beds also, usually you put uh, shoes, sandals, slippers under it, and that should be protecting also, and it should also be considered an oil, and you, and if you sleep under the bed in a sukkah, it should also be pasul. You have to say something totally different. The hide of uh, of an animal is meant to protect their insides, their whatever's inside of the animal. It says that a Kadosh Baruch Hu put 
uh, skin and flesh around the person and he called them with skin and flesh and with bones and uh, sinews he made as a sechach like sechach. so you see that the bones can be used as a sechach the, the hide of an animal can be used as a sechach unlike the bed or you could say that Rabbi Yudah Tameh, or Rabbi Yudah, according to his shita, the Amasuka Dirat Keva Bainan, we need a permanent home when it comes to Sukkah. The Hava Le Mita Dirat Arai, and this bed under the bed is considered temporary. The Sukkah Oil Keva, and the big Sukkah that the bed is in is a permanent home. Viloate Oil Arai, and this temporary home, this under the bed. Is not going to come on vatel oil keva and negate the permanent home. Okay, but based on that, vehar bishimon damar nami sukkah dirat keva abayinan. But Rabbi Shimon himself also holds like Rabbi Yehuda that the sukkah has to be something permanent. Vehatel oil arai on vatel oil keva, and according to him, you're not allowed to sleep under that bed. So comes this perm this temporary home, and it negates the the permanent home, which is the sukkah. The Gemara answers yes. In yeah, This is the machlok between Rabbi Yudan and Rabbi Shimon. More savar ate oil arayum vatel oil keva. Rabbi Shimon holds that a temporary home, which is this bed, is going to negate the sukkah, which is a permanent home. More savar Rabbi Yudan held lo ate oil arayum vatel oil keva. The temporary home, which is on the bed, is not going to come and negate the permanent home, which is the sukkah. Now, back to our Mishnah. Amar Bishimon, We had the story with Tavi, the slave, who was sleeping on the sukkah. Tanya, Amar Bishimon, Rabbi Shimon said, Misihato shil Rabban Gamliel, from the conversation we had uh, with Rabban Gamliel, Laban Nushnei we learned two things. Number one, Laban Nushavadim peturim in a sukkah, that the Ayavet doesn't have to be in a sukkah. A person who sleeps under the bed is not Yotzei Dehova of the sukkah. Now, the Gemara says, Why don't we just say from the words of Rabban Gamliel, what's this misihato uh, from the conversation? So the Gemara said, The Mishnah wants to teach us an extra thing. That, that what? How do you know that even the regular conversations of Tamid Hachamim needs learning. You have to pay attention to it. The leaves don't dry up, meaning even the light things like leaves, the, the, the simple conversations of Tamid Hachamim doesn't dry up, meaning you ha- it doesn't go to waste. You have to pay attention. Next, Mishnah Somer Sukato Amita. If a person, you know what? If you have a bed, with three boards around it. You have a board where the feet are, you have a board, let's say, on the right side, and a board on the back side where his head is, and on top of that you put schach right on top of it. So you put schach on top of those boards, keshera. However, if the schach cannot stand on its own, it needs the boards of the bed to hold it up, pesula, and the Gemara will explain why. So the Gemara starts, Why is Rabbi Yehuda posel if the schach cannot stand on its own? So, 
there was a machloket in what Rabbi Yudah means between Rabbi Zara and Rabbi Ababa Mimal. Hadamar, one of them said that Rabbi Yudah's reason is because it does not become a permanent sukkah since the boards are really part of the bed and this bed gets moved around. This sukkah is not permanent and Rabbi Yudah, remember, needs permanent. Amar and the other one explained because you're putting the schach on something that is mekabel tumah. Remember, these boards are not regular boards anymore. They're part of the bed. And that becomes mekabel tumah. And you're not, uh, that becomes a schach. And you're mesakech with something that's mekabel tumah. So that's a problem. My benai, what would be the difference between Rabbi Zerah and Rabbi Ababa Mimal? What's the practical difference? So, kegon shenaat shipudin shel barzel. It's imagine you put these poles of metal in the ground. According to the one who said that it's not permanent, this bed sukkah, he made it uh, permanent by putting the poles there. According to the one who said that you're making the schach stand with something's mekabel tumah, at the end of the day, this sukkah would also be pasul. Why? You're making the schach stand on something that's mekabel tumah. Now, Amar Abaye, Lo Shanu El Samach. This is all if you you let the schach rest on the boards of the bed. Aval Sikech Al Gabe Amita. If you put schach on top of that bed, for example, you put four poles around the bed, and the poles are a little bit taller than the boards, and you put schach on top of the metal. We'd have to say the sukkah is kosher for two reasons. What's According to the one who says, oh, it's not permanent, you just made it keva, uh, you made it uh, permanent. And according to the one who says that the schach is pasul because you're making it stand with something that's If these poles are made of wood, in then these, then you're not putting the schach on something that's mekabel tumah, and the schach would be kasher. And a lot of Rishonim would have a different pshat in the way this uh, sugya goes. For example, Rashi explains that the reason, you, according to Biyuda, you're not allowed to put the schach on something that's mekabel tumah is because that the walls becomes part of the schach. A lot of the Rishonim, for example, the Mechtam, the Ravad, explaining the Rif, the Ran, the Ritva, they all explain that Rabbi Uda's reason would be is because if you put the Schach on uh, boards that are Mechabel Tumah, a sort of thing where you're going to actually use not kosher Schach to be Schach. Now, the Halacha, the Rishonim are all over the place. It starts with the Rif, who, according to the Ravad, it sounds like the Rif is being posek like Rabbi Uda. On the other hand, the Arishonim, like the Hashlama, who explained that the Rif is actually going like Hachamim, and he's just explaining like Rabbi Yehuda. And the tour, the Shulchan Aruch, has posek lahalacha, that a sukkah, that this, where the schach is on something that is mekabel tum'ah, it is a kasher, you're not going to be posel, this type of sukkah, but it's not lechatchila. And you get into the sugya of putting a ladder or something metal like that on top of the schach, uh, on top of the sukkah, and then putting schach on top of it. You also get into the sugya if you allowed to put metal nails on top of the the schach to keep them down. You get into all these sugya, very interesting sugya to look into. But we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.